fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away in the morning, I can't die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> what a truth, and it is a truth. Amen. God bless you. Sure, good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And the house Amen. of the Lord is wherever you're gathered. Amen. And if you're gathered in your home, you're gathered here, wherever you are, I just pray the Spirit of God would be your portion. We sure have a wonderful presence here this morning, and I pray the same would be wherever you are at. Amen. Today is a number of things. Today is a, the long weekend. So we just have one service today, and uh, so we're just going to take our, a little bit of liberty this morning. We won't keep you long. It's, I see the clock back there says it's 10 to 7. I'll have you out before noon. Don't worry. So um, anyway, that's just a joke, but that's what it does say there at any rate. But anyway, today is also what they celebrate uh, in many parts of the world, Europe, some parts, some churches in the... Um, uh, United States, but they observe what's called Pentecost, which is 50 days after Easter, and that was a promise. And uh, Jesus said, go and wait on me. So uh, after Easter, there was a period of time. There was 40 days. There was, you know, a, a period of time. But after 10 days in the upper room, the Spirit of God came. So today we're observing all the feasts. We're observing Pentecost, we're observing the token, we're observing the Feast of Tabernacles, we're living in the time when the trumpets are blowing and Israel's being called out. We're under the culmination of all things. Amen. It's wonderful, it's wonderful. So anyway, we have one service today, and some of you may be traveling in different places, and wherever you are, God bless you. The May long weekend sort of is uh, the beginning of summer, so to speak, so it's I'll tell you what, it's good to get out. Last weekend, my wife and I, we got out, and we were in the mountains, and I'll tell you, I, I just so enjoyed it. I, I don't know if we know what we live under, the cloud that we're under in the city and the world, and I'll tell you what, when there is a millennium and we're going to enjoy this with everything, I, I'll tell you, oh, it'll be worth it all. So we're, we're happy for that. So we want to greet you all this morning, wherever you are. Some of you we can't see, you can see us, and some of you we haven't seen for months, some we haven't seen for a long time, but I just want to say, God bless you, wherever you are this morning. We love you, we appreciate you, and we value your prayers. We, you know, God sees and knows everything. He knows what you do, and He knows your labor, and He knows where you're at, and He knows what you have need of, and I pray that He would feed you and that He would give you things convenient this morning. So also want to say, uh, the Lord willing, this Wednesday, I, I've been communicating with Brother Paul Dirksen. He has some business in Edmonton, and he was going to be here. So I, I invited him if uh, he wished to minister for us on Wednesday. So the Lord willing, he will be doing that. So we keep that in prayer. Amen. Let's just change the order, Brother Mari, and I'm going to try that song that I was mentioning to you. Welcome, welcome, uh, Holy Spirit, we welcome. Come in power this very hour. Welcome, welcome. Wherever you're at this morning, why don't you welcome him? Brother Bob, 
I appreciated that song. God bless you. There's something about those good old songs. And you know what? Let's just, we've had good singing. We've had good worship. But you know how you really welcome him? You know, Jesus was walking on a road to Emmaus one day, and he made as though he would have gone further. Now, he made that. He, but really in his heart, he was asking them, why don't you constrain me? Why don't you cause me? Brother Marion sang this song, Come by here, my Lord. Someone's praying, wherever you're at this morning, why don't you invite him? I'll tell you what, without him, this service will be nothing. No matter how the good the word is, but if he doesn't come, and no matter how much it's preached here, if there's not a receiving set, if there's not a fertile ground and a welcome spirit, what good would it do this morning? I'm so glad, Brother Bob. I, I share with you, where would I be without him this morning? Oh, my. He's everything to us, isn't he? Let's welcome him. We're going to go to prayer, and we're going to read the word this morning. Welcome, welcome, keeps playing wherever you are this morning whatever your situation whatever your need and we all have things on our heart and I believe God made it that way that we would continue to look to him the sustainer of all things the giver of every good gift our portion Wherever you're at this morning, if you have something that's on your heart, and I know there's deep situations, great needs, maybe things that have been for years and years, but wherever you are this morning and you want to be remembered and you just want to slip up your hand, I can't see all the hands, but he sees them. Let's just pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, we stand here at the post of duty. We stand here in your presence this morning. So grateful, Lord, you've made a way for us to gather even this day. Lord, we want to invite you as we just sang that song. And Lord, we want you to come, not just 
in words that stimulate our intellectual minds, but come in power this very hour. Oh, Lord, may the Word come. May the Holy Spirit back up the Word with signs following. Lord, it's not how loud we yell, but it's not what we try to achieve, but it's what we yield ourselves to, what we give ourselves to. And Lord, we give ourselves to you. I give myself to you, my thoughts, my words. Lord, that they would just, the man part would be put aside for this while and that you would flow. And Lord, I pray for every home, every hand, every situation. Lord, we're looking to you. We're constraining you. We have loved ones. There's situations. There's needs. Lord, we believe the best is yet to come. Bless everyone wherever they're gathered. Bless your word now. We give this service to you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much to the musicians. Thank you to all of you for all your prayers. We're here this morning. I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12. We're going to read from several places in the scripture this morning. I have some things that are on my heart, and I need the grace of God to be able to minister them. I need the anointing of God. I, I probably have a culmination of thoughts that are coming to me. Maybe I could even say four or five different thoughts that I could take a service on each one. And sometimes we want to take our time. But this morning, I just want to allow the Holy Spirit to maybe summarize, take some of these thoughts of inspiration, and then minister as He would see fit. So, this morning, let's turn to Romans 12, verse this is 1 to 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable for a Christian to be as a sheep and to allow God to take what we have been given and, and assure us. It's, we need these, we need to be ministered to because the spirit of the world is to take what they want. But this is to give God what he needs. We've, we have come with our needs this morning, but we don't want to be selfish. We want to be able to be here for him. We want to be able to glorify Him, the center of all things, and to worship Him as our reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're, we're going to dwell today not on just the outer, but where does the outer start? It starts in the mind. So Paul would say, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, catch the context. We're walking in the flesh. The strongholds you're going to pull down are not in the flesh realm. But they're, they're in a different realm. Now he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What's the strongest hold that you have? Is your own free moral will. And sometimes we remain entrenched in a line of thought and God's desiring to move, but he will not force us. But he will wait for us to change our mind, to change our thought. Many mighty works God could not do in his own country because the people had a thought, this is just a carpenter's son. There's many thoughts, but God wants us to be victorious. Where's it going to happen? In our mind. Verse 3, verse 5. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You may have your seats this morning. And again, I would say, those of you that are at home, you may have the comfort of your seats. I say to those of you that are at home. Okay, let's go also, if you will, to First Peter chapter 1. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to set a channel for where I'm going. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, and this will follow in the line of the first two scriptures we read. This is now the end time, and it says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, I'm not going to have the time to go into all these scriptures, but in Ephesians, it talks about the believer's armor. There was something of the loins. The loins is where your strength comes. The loins is where everything pivots around. The loins, and Peter refers to it, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Also over in 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Here's where we're going to take our, 
our title this morning. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. My, my, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. So he's reminding us, though you know them, but what's it doing? It's establishing you. Now I'm, I'm going to read something here. Just stay with me in that scripture, if you will, for a moment. To establish is to set up on a firm or permanent basis. It's to achieve permanent acceptance or recognition for. That's to be established. So Paul is saying, in a shifting world, Brother, Brother Marion sang the song this morning, Day Star, Shine On Me. There, we're living in the darkest time, and we need the day star to shine on us. And in a shifting world, God wants us to be established on a kingdom that cannot be moved, on, on, on a revelation of God's truth. So he's saying, be established in the present truth. And he says, yea, I think it is meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Now, I'm going to, as I asked you, just to help me this morning. There are things on my heart and there's different thoughts and I really need the grace of God, but I, I almost was reluctant to put a title to it because I really had so many places. But let's, let's call this this morning the place of established truth. And, and there, there's a few places I want to go to. I, I was thinking this morning of some of the saints of old. And I, I thought of Sister Allison Dodd and how she would sing a special. And she wouldn't just sing, but it seemed like she would get lost in another realm sometimes. And it so blessed me. It so fed me. I, I thought of Sister Noreen Stewart and, and how she would sing. And, and there was something about it. it, it she was blessed with a voice, but it seemed to come and connect to another realm. And there was a song that was uh, sung years ago. It was an older song. And it went by the nature of his kingdom was in hearts alone. And I, I thought of different brothers and even Brother Don Bablets I was thinking of this morning. There was something about that little man he, he, would, he, he lived and he breathed for this message and for truth. And, and it, was not, it was not just platitudes and it was not just quotes that rolled off. The, 
but it was something real within. And I, I, I really reflected on, on truth. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 1 for a moment. We'll, we'll also just read from here. Because Paul would speak to the Galatians, and, and I'm talking about God establishing his word. You know, if you read in the Bible, God established his kingdom on earth, but he would talk about different times that he, he would set up kingdoms and he established David to be a king. And David's kingdom was, was not just a voting in. It was not just, it was, it, it, had, it could only come in power once the people recognized this was God's choice. This was not our choice. And when they recognized it was God's choice, and there was a, there was a pivotal moment in David's kingdom. Saul had been the king, and Saul had been the people's choice. And, and I, if I can just say this for a moment. One prophet anointed two kings. One prophet, Samuel, anointed Saul. But it wasn't truly the mind of God. It was a nation desiring a king like the other nations. And they got, and even though Samuel told them, he'll do this, he'll do this, they said, we want it anyhow. And they said, okay, I'm going to give it to you. And it was Saul. But and it was Saul that, that very evident, very quickly came to it. But then David was going to be a man after God's own heart. So the kingdom was not by what we perceived on the outside, but rather what God saw in the heart. And it was to such a depth that when Samuel even went to the house of Jesse and he looked at all of David's sons and he looked at theirs, the oldest, the prophet even said, oh, surely this is God's anointed. But God operated on a greater level than that. And God all along had a little boy that was on in, 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 in a place where his heart beat after God. He was watching the sheep, and that was God's choice. And God's choice was, was far beyond all of this. And we could say much about David. But there was a moment after Saul had passed off the scene and David was now coming into power. His men had recognized it even before he was. And David was made king. And if you actually watch the scripture, David was king and, and, and he was king over Judah and, and the tribe that he was represented and it was part of. And he abode at Hebron. And the scripture says he abode there for seven years. And when David perceived that the rest of Israel was ready to accept him as king, then he went down to Jerusalem. Now that's amazing to me. That, that the kingdom, it wasn't just the moment it came into, into power, but it had to be received in hearts. So if I think about truth this morning, we can say, well, the prophet had truth. That, you know, is there a place of truth? 
You know, is you know, we, we can talk about the Bible, the King James Bible. That's the right version. That's the one. Really, even this isn't truth in every respect because the words don't always give credence to what it was. And I don't don't take me wrong. I believe this to be the truth. But truth is in a greater place. And truth is God, and there's a spirit of truth. But truth is not truth until it's established. And truth has to be in the hearts. The message that we have, the books and the tapes, you can hold them up and say, this is truth. And you can be smug about it and say, I've got the truth. But until the truth is established and living in our hearts, it's not really manifest yet. Until, and David would say, David, a man after God's own heart. And Brother Man would say, there was a difference between David in the flesh and David in the spirit. David in the spirit uttered prophetic words and prophecies. And, and even the utterance of Psalm 16 where Jesus himself would, would, would cry. And he says, you will not suffer your Holy One to see corruption. That was the scripture that Jesus went into the grave on. Uttered by David in a psalm. And it was David in the psalms. Lord, Lord, why they, my bones stare at me. Why have they crucified me? It wasn't David being crucified. It was the Spirit of God in David. But this same David also committed adultery. This same David also, when he saw a woman, something rose up. And it was David in his repentance... Go to Psalms 51. Oh, sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I'll, I'll come to it in a moment. Let, let's just read this here before we go to that. We're in Galatians chapter 1. Paul is saying in verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Which is not another but there would be some that trouble you and that would pervert the gospel of Christ. But now, now look at the absolute of the declaration of Paul here. Because Paul had served God with all his heart and with all his mind, if I can even say that. He had served him as a Pharisee of Pharisees. But when God penetrated all of that, Paul had an absolute that was beyond. Paul, what lived in Paul, what God placed in Paul as the messenger to that age was so much that he would not even just hide behind the red-letter quotes of Jesus, even though he referred back to him, but Paul would actually take an authority and he would actually say, Except you believe my message, the way I received it, you got nothing in you. Now that's, that's pretty authoritative. And he says, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. In other words, if you don't receive my message, let him be accursed. And if somebody else comes and he says, even if I would change it, let me be accursed. And, as, and he said, as, and as we said before, so now I say unto you, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than which you have received, let him be accursed. Now, 
there's the gospel, there's the message that we all hold dear. But it, it is to be established, it really needs to come not into tapes and books and, and the library we accumulate and how much we have and how many times we've come to church and, and the churches we have and the message preachers, but the real establishing is in the heart. Now let's go to Psalms 51, and David would speak, and he would say in verse 16, for you, des- this is after he's repenting, for you desire not sacrificed, else I would give it to you, thou delightest not in burnt offering. Go to verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Now go back for a moment to verse 6. Let's do verse 5 first. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desires truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part shalt thou make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean, and I shall be whiter than snow." Thou desires truth in the inward parts. I, I've really, I've really been pondering some of these things, even with respect to my own faith, my own life, and what we believe, because we are seeing an attack of the enemy in levels that are unprecedented. Now, the attack is not so much a physical attack, but it is a spiritual attack. I'm just going to use a type for a moment because the Bible would tell us that whenever truth goes out, and and, and this is in the seals, and I, I didn't pull up the quote for today, a truth goes out, a messenger goes out, a trumpet sounds, a war is declared, and there's a battle. There's an ensuing battle. If you want to take a look at what we're facing, I want you to think just for a moment, and you've all seen this in the news in the last week or two, but it's look at natural Israel. Israel exists. I I, I could pull up some clips this morning. Israel exists. I forget what the percentage is. Out of all of the Arab nations that are there, and the land that exists and the little portion that Israel has represents like, I think, one ninety-eighth of all that land. And they exist there with the other 98% against them. And they exist under constant threat. They exist under constant bombardment. And the enemy gets bolder and bolder and bolder. (coughs) And I will say, say what you want about Donald Trump. But while Donald Trump was in power, it was God used him and he established Jerusalem as their capital, as the place of their embassy. And while Trump was in power, you saw very little movement against Israel. But when a a weaker U.S. president steps in, 
all of a sudden, everybody's emboldened. And now you see battles on levels never before. It's not so much Hamas which exists in Gaza, but it is Iran which has vowed to destroy Israel off the face of the map. It is, it is all of these neighbors which fund Hamas. And that's what Israel lives under day to day. Now, I want you to notice something here. What is Israel's attitude in all of this? Oh, Lord, woe is us. Help us. You know, you know let's, let's bargain with them. Let's, let's do land for peace. Let's do... This is not their attitude. I'll tell you. I watched Netanyahu in an interview. He comes forward there the other day, and he had some anchor of some station who you could tell had an agenda. And, and, and he, he says, now, you're, you're endangering women and children, and you're killing this, and you're using all these things. And Netanyahu didn't back down one bit. He didn't, he didn't say, no. No, he says, he says, and in fact, he turned to the anchor at one point in the interview, and he says, you just had a thousand, you just had 3,000 rockets rain down you on in three days in Washington. What would you do? And he says, and you have an enemy that sets up quarters behind civilians. And listen, Israel is so <coughs> patented that <coughs> their technology they, they have such regard for human life that they will call everybody in a building an hour before they're ready to bomb it and they'll say, the building's going down in an hour, get out now. And they'll take that building and they have technology, they can take it down and not lose a single life. And they'll destroy infrastructure. Their, their attitude, I'm going to just say this, their mindset is not like, well, whatever the enemy throws it. Their attitude is proactive. Their attitude is, God gave us this land. God established us. It wasn't the United Nations. It was God that put us there. I'm not looking at a peace treaty. That I'm not looking at the United Nations. I'm not looking at pre-1967. I am looking to the Word of God, the promise of God that's been given to us. And if that's the attitude of a natural people for a natural promise, what is our, our attitude to be? I'm not here to worry about what the next thing the enemy is. And I'll tell you, quite frankly, I'm tired of cowering down to what the government may do and to worry about it. I'm not worried about it. And I'm going to say this. We are not lemmings that will just listen to what the latest government thing is and then, oh, let's just follow suit. No, we're going to follow God. And God said, give to Caesar what's Caesar's. But there's a time that's coming when Caesar is going to change. And we better be prepared to have the right mindset to say, no, enough is enough. We've got to determine where that line is, not when we come to it. But now is the time to know where we stand.
Now is the time to know what we've been established on, what our promises are, and I believe that we ought to have that kind of a mindset. We're not in a reactive mode, we're in a proactive mode. We've got to have a vision moving forward. We're not just here, well, let's just do whatever, let's just go. No, I, I, I don't believe that. And I don't believe we ought to. I'll tell you what, I, 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 I sometimes get so upset with, with technology and all they throw at you. I don't know where I go. I, you're, you're doing some shopping online or something and I have to buy something and all of a sudden I'm getting all these advertisements. Algorithms. Here we go again. But I get tired and then I get an email. And I, I'm, I get these emails and they show up every day. You know, here's the latest sale. There's this, this, this. And I got to deal with it every day. You know what you can actually do? You can go into Block Sender. You can actually shut that thing off before it ever gets you. And instead of dealing with it every day, you can have your mind made up. I don't want anything to do with this, and I'm shutting this off. We don't need to be bombarded by the enemy with thoughts daily. We can make up our mind, I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to follow God. And, I, and when a negative thought comes, hey, Israel's got an iron dome that shoots down things. I believe we can have an iron dome. No, that thought didn't come. I have nothing to do with that. I, I, you know, a negative thought about a brother. No, I'm not dealing with that. No, a, a bad attitude. No, I'm not going to have that. I think we ought to be proactive. No, I, I'm hardly getting to where I want to get to. But I want to I take something this morning. And, and, and this, this comes from the Sardis Church Age. And it's, it's talking, Revelation 3, verse 3, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know the hour that it, I will come on thee. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to need your grace here this morning. This, this applies to me and every one of us in this hour that we live in. Because I'll, I'll say this, we are being conditioned. You can be conditioned by what the world is offering, or you can be conditioned by what the church is offering, or you can be conditioned by what God is speaking to your heart. So, he says... Hold fast and repent. You've received something. You've heard something. If you don't watch, I will come on you as a thief, and you will not know the hour I come upon you. Now, Brother Branham goes, and he reads that, and he says, now I want to read another translation, and he calls this the Wuest. He says, and this is the same words in another translation, and Brother Branham uses this. Be remembering, therefore... In what way you have received. Now, did we receive intellectually or did we receive by God sovereignly dealing with our hearts? Friends, I don't want to slip into a rut or a routine. I don't want to just be like, like, like have a Methodist way of worship. We sing so many. I want to be in the Spirit. 
I want to be where the Spirit of God can move. Now he says, remember in what way you have received. And now he puts this in. The truth as a permanent deposit. Oh, I'm going to labor here a little bit. The truth as a permanent deposit. There's a lot of people that receive this message in one form or another. Some receive it because it's a nicer way of living. Some is it's a way of holiness. Some think they're going to escape hell. But if you actually receive truth and you never go back from it. Listen, just go with me to another scripture here. Go to John chapter 1. I'm going to use this as Jesus. Bear, bear with me. I, I, I'm really trying to get into a channel where God can, can speak. And I appreciate your pull this morning. John chapter 1. Let's go to verse 32. And, I, and John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. Now you can come to church and the Spirit of God can come on you. You can be convicted. You can, you can actually be moved and you can go out from here, and after a while, it just leaves. Now, I don't want just that. That's, that. That was Pentecost to the core, that you have to come back. But I believe we're receiving something that is more real than all of that. Next verse, and John says, And I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon who you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. You know, one thing I love is when I see a believer sold out to the message. And, and I say, it's not just the message, but it's truth. We're sold out to it. There's nothing going to ever move me. I burned every bridge behind me. I, I don't care what people say. I don't care what my family says. I don't care what other people in the church say about me. But I'm sold out to it. Friends, that's what God is looking for. Those that have received truth as a permanent deposit. Okay, let me lighten up a little. Last year I just felt I, I was out of shape and I needed to get into a different train of thought. Uh, you, can, you can go on all kinds of dieting schemes and do this and do that and do this. But I'll tell you, you can, you can do all of those things, but if your heart's not in it, you're not going to do it. And I'll say this, if you take it as just, well, I'll do this for a while and then I'll go back to this. It's not going to work. But, but I love these French fries dipped in this with all of that. Uh, listen, you, you can love it. And some people got the metabolism to hand it and some don't. And, see, and as long as you say, but this is what I want. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do whatever you want. But when your mindset changes and say, I don't want my old self anymore. I want something new. I'll say this, you can do, listen, do whatever's in your heart this morning. You want to go, and it's a bad weekend to say it, fishing, go fishing on a Sunday. 
Do whatever's in your heart. But if you get the Holy Ghost in your heart, you will want to serve God. You will want to do the things of God. You won't even want to go to those other things. So I say this, whatever's in your heart, do it. That's the liberty of the sons of God. I'm not here because I'm forced to be here. I'm not here because the deacons check. I'm not here because uh, you know, I've got to make a living. No, I'm not here. I'm here because God called me. I'm a part of him. I came from him. I'm going back to him. I want him. In everything I do, in the job I have, in my conversation, in my thought life. I don't want to dwell negative thoughts. You know, I, I thought of something, and Brother Branham has, has things that, that come, and, and he has grammar. <laughs> he doesn't say, you must not do that. He said, you mustn't do that. So I, I looked up those words, mustn't do that. I think it shows up 90 times. And some of them are very striking. And he, and, and, and in one place, I think he says, if you're thinking one thing and doing another, you mustn't do that. You can come and be and say, mm-hmm, amen, and nod, and be in a completely different world. You can say, oh, am I ever glad they put the lockdown because then I don't have to go to church. Then that's perfect. This is for you. But if you want to be here, you'll be here. And I'll say this, it's not just about being here. It's about being where God is. It's about being at a post of duty. It's about being found doing the things of God when he comes. And if, and if doing the things you want is, is sitting somewhere out, doing, be about the business, whatever he calls you. I'm not trying to put a heavy on anybody. I'm just saying, it's the hour of true worship. It's the hour of, of a clean heart. It's the hour where God is desiring truth in the inward parts. You can sit there with a bad attitude. You can sit there with an unforgiving spirit. You can sit there with all of those things. But I say unto you, the hour is coming when those things will not abide in the body of Christ. And I'll say, the earlier we get a revelation of that, the better off we'll be. So truth as a permanent deposit. We've seen a lot of people come around the message. We, we, could, we could have a whole wall up of all the people. Now some have gone on to their reward. Others have come and gone. Others have gone into this. Others have gone into that. But I'll say there's a few that have received this as their everything. This message was not just another denominational. This is something on a level that it was what God held back, but he was waiting for a people to come on earth that would receive it. And I say, oh, like Mary, be it unto me, according to thy word. Let me esteem every word. Let me take it in. Let it live and let it move in me. I'll tell you what. God's wanting to establish a people on earth. Not a people that you obey me or else. No, a people whose heart is after God. Let me finish this quote. He says, 
You remember, therefore, what you have received. The truth is a permanent deposit. And the way you heard it and safeguarding it and have a change of mind at once. So, in other words, you receive it lest you would be, have a change of mind. I'll tell you what. I don't know. I, I may have the scripture here, but I'll just refer to it. It says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. I'll tell you what. If you're out doing questionable things and you're bombarded, I'll tell you what, that hour when you can do those things is no more. I, 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 I've, I have borne witness. You, you just go in and watch something that is maybe just a little borderline, or it's, and all of a sudden you're bombarded and you're in a place where the tormentor, the enemy is on you. Why? Because you haven't been in the right place. And so the place I want to dwell is with him. The secret of the tabernacle is with him. Think good thoughts. Be, let your mind be stayed upon him. And I'll tell you what, you want to live an overcoming life? Do that. And sometimes you go through mechanics. Just read your Bible. Pray every day. Pay your tithes. Go to church. You do those things and it sets you in train for good thoughts. But I'll tell you what, you avoid things, you do things, and all of a sudden you find yourself in battles that shouldn't even be there. Casting down imaginations. Casting down all of these things. Lord, I'm fixed. My heart is fixed upon you. I'll tell you what, I, I, I just knelt in prayer the other day. Just, I, I'm just kneeling and I'm going, Lord, I felt like I, I walked in these steps, but I didn't feel that was you really in me in these steps. And, and these thoughts were bombarding me and this was coming. And Not that I'm righteous, but Lord... I confess my wrongs. I confess where I allowed those things. And as you do that, I'll tell you what, something lets go. Something that was hanging on, it's gone. I, I, oh, man, am I ever glad it's gone. What, we, we carry a lot of baggage around. Unneedlessly. Why? Why don't we bring everything to the Lord in prayer? My, oh, my, I... I'm hardly getting to where I'm going. Brother Bannon would make this last, make this comment. It is very evident from this verse that God had given them truth as a de permanent deposit. It was received. It was irrevocably theirs. It now remains to be seen what they will do with it, whether they will regard it or not. Oh my, help us, Lord. Help me, Lord. As I was going back to the whole mindset why do so many things fail? You know, you, you know, why do so many anti-aging devices fail? The best anti-aging device I know is to receive Christ as your Savior, the word of this hour, the truth of this hour. It is setting you up for the biggest change I'll tell you what, if they could patent this on a website, it would be the most sought after. But it's going to change your body. It's going to change, but it doesn't start with your body. It changes with your mind. Where you used to think things that were wrong. Where you used to run with them. Where you used to have it in your heart. But now it changes your mind and it changes your body. It'll change everything. Oh, that'll be better than any diet fad. My, it'll be wonderful. But receiving truth as a permanent deposit. 
as a permanent deposit. Now, I'm going to have to just be concise. We're just shortly before seven still. Okay, we're doing okay. Are you you with me? You appreciate the word this morning. Now, uh, let's, let's just use this for a moment. This is a quotation, 1954, and I want you to listen to this. I was talking with Brother Paul the other day, and he was just saying something he came across, and Brother Ram said, the Spirit of God doesn't often move into a balcony. Now, if you ever sit in a balcony, don't worry about it. You're okay, Brother Jeff. You'll be fine up there. But why do people go to a balcony? You have different reasons. Why? We, we, we had a little demonstration at the young people's service on, 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 on uh, Friday about where we sit in the church to avoid things. <laughs> if, if, if it is, well, maybe I won't be seen, maybe I won't be affected. Hey, what you had in your heart when you went there, that's exactly what you get. <laughs> now, I, now I, I, to balance that off, I looked at a lot of quotes, and it says, and here's this, Brother Ram would say, here's the Spirit of God. It's moving up into the balcony now. Now, if the, if the place is full and you got to go up there, absolutely. You're, you're not there because you want to hide. I just want to get a seat. Same place, two different attitudes. <laughs> now, here's Brother Branham talking in a meeting. He's saying this. We're coming to the last meeting. The last meeting, usually there's more people healed because there's greater anticipation. Now, look at what he says. The last meeting, greater, more anticipation. Now he says this, Satan fights harder. Everything goes wrong seemingly. Now why is it at this end time when, when we are, we're coming closer that we can't have church? Why? Satan's fighting harder. He is, he's doing all of these things. Everything goes wrong seemingly because Satan is trying to keep the people in tension and everything else so he can keep them away from this great time of strain that we're entering in now. Now he, Brother Ram calls it, we're going in for the kill. It's the final meeting. It's God going to do what he wanted to do. We're going in for the kill. But he says Satan is trying to do everything to keep the people from it. Now he said, he's already beat up in the corner. He's been exposed and all of these kind of things. And, and he says, men and women have accepted Christ. Cancers and tumors have been healed. And here's a group, group of people. He's sitting there in the last service. Great anticipation. And then he makes this statement. And Satan, if he can interrupt your mind, that's all he has to do. Oh, my. That's all he has to do. Interrupt your mind. Now let's go in for the kill to drive Satan and all his powers out of the building. Sometimes I get a thought and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting an email. Let me just check if it's here. And I say, no, I'm in the house of God. I, I, I'm going to put it on airplane mode. I'm going to fly at a level above this device. I, I refer to it because I, I look at quotes and I look at different things. So I trust that it's not a stumbling block, but I'm, I'm trying to pick up things and make notes sometimes. But I'll tell you what, if Satan can interrupt your mind. Now, let, let, me, let, me, let me read this. He, also, he says, if the devil doesn't do one thing, he'll do another, and he will mess up something or gum up everything, and it makes them pull back a little bit. 
I, I don't know if we can truly understand the battle that we're under. I, it, it, I, I, was, I, I was looking at some things and I just couldn't seem to break through it, break through it. I just went out to the mountains for a couple days and I'm away, I shut everything off and I'm there doing devotions and all of a sudden it's like things were opening up and it was clear. And I'm going, that's it. I could see it clearly again. And I go, oh God, what a... And I'm thinking, friends, I'm thinking about our young people. Why do we have young people's meetings? It's not to beat them into something. No, it's to help them overcome. That they too can be there. And I'm thinking of marriages and homes and the struggles and the lost and the wayward. You know, I was just sharing with a brother, somebody who'd gone wayward, had been involved in a portion of the message. And I, I won't even call it the message because it was such a perversion of it. But their minds are so muddled up. They're in the world. And the only way that they figure they're going to come back is if they go and see this pastor that seemingly is in the message. And that's their only way back to Christ. Are you kidding me? Talk about fear. Talk about things. You talk about strongholds of the mind that we're battling. You talk about... I, I just heard it the other day in a service and it just so struck me. People can sit with disease, with troubles, with bombardments because they have an unforgiving spirit. And it's entrenched in their mind. I've been hurt and I have a right. And sit there. And as long as we're like that, devils, tormentors, demons, sickness, all kinds of things. Listen, that's another level. I, I, I tell you what, I, I, I uh, uh, God help us. God help us. Friends, I, I'm, 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 this is really on my heart, and I wish I had a crowd here I could speak it. But I'm just saying, look at, look at where we're at. What's being established? Is it just this church? Is it the renovation? Is it that? Look at ourselves. What do we really believe? What's in our heart? Lord, when I wake up in the morning, sometimes, you know, we, we can go through periods where it's a little bit of the motions and, and our heart's not really in it. But I, I think if a real believer goes on with God, he doesn't, God doesn't leave him there. God doesn't want him to stay there. You know, he says Satan can punch at you and he can do all kinds of things to you. But, I, but he, you know, and, bro, and Brother Adam would talk about it in different places. But, but really, and, and, and I, I'm trying to find the place I had this. I had it in, in, in here. A man is permitted to travel so far, but there's a separating line between life and death. You must never cross that. You might go on with your foolishness for a while, but you'd better know where the line is. Now, I'm, I, I need to move into something here a little bit. And, and I, I want to take this just, just for a moment if I can. But there's a line in the Old Testament. There's a border. Israel knows where its border is. There was a line that was given. Let, let, me, just, let me go back for a moment here. Uh, let's just go to Luke chapter 17. I keep looking at that watch, and I, I'll, I'll look at this, that clock. I'll look at this one. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. No, I got the wrong one for some reason. I got the wrong one. 
I, I, is it Matthew? Maybe I, I wrote it down wrong. I apologize. No, I, I missed it. Anyway, Jesus, Jesus is talking. This is Scripture. You, you'll find it later. I wrote it down wrong. The kingdom of God comes not with observation. But he says, lo, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, I, I, I really wish I could labor all these points. Matthew chapter 13 deals with the seed falling into four different types of ground conditions. And, and depending on the basis of the ground that it fell into, that was the kind of harvest that it could have. Now, there was three negative situations, but there was one good one. There was good ground. Now, now turn with me to Matthew chapter 15 for a moment. We'll, we'll go to this one. This one I got right. Matthew chapter 15. Let's go to, to verse 16. I'm just going to read this. I didn't give you this one, Sister Ruth, I don't believe, but... Uh, Jesus said, are you yet without understanding? Do you not understand whatsoever enters in at the mouth, goes in the belly, is cast out in the draught? But these things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile man. And he says, for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. For these are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defiles a man. You know, we're so worried. The world is so worried. You know, they'll put on gloves. They'll put on masks. I'm going to go into a store, and, and there's going to be people, and one of them could have the virus, and it could contaminate me. And then we get this thinking about coming to the church, and as we come to the church, you know, I, well, there's unbelievers at that church, or there's people that are hypocrites at that church. What's that got to do with the church? What's that got to do with you serving God? When we serve God, we serve Him with all our heart. Listen, did Judas stop the rest of the disciples from being what they were? No. I say this, what's in our heart? Sometimes we, we, we would have an attitude. I'll, I'll, I'll just say it this way, just because I just didn't hurt it, but the way to check your attitude is when that person's name is mentioned, is your conscience free and clean? Or does there something rise up? You better check that. That's not of God. That's not God. That's the enemy. I, I, I'm being I'm deadly serious. I'm, I'm going to speak like Brother Branham. He's, he would pull no punches. And he would say, I'm not here to hurt you, but I'm here to help you. And I'll say this, if you have aught in your heart towards someone, if you can't breathe that brother's name in prayer, I'll tell you, the best way to overcome that thing is start praying for them. Really pray for them. Not just a token prayer, bless so-and-so, because I have to say it. Don't do it because you have to say it. Do it from the heart. You're not going in with that. I'm not going in with that. None of us are going in with that. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. Murders. You just say something against somebody to slant them. Adulteries. Fornications. Thefts. False witnesses. Blasphemy. These are the things that defile us. These are the things that bog us down. 
This is why we can't have victory. Oh, establish your kingdom, Lord. Establish it in my heart. Deuteronomy 16, let's go here quick. I see that the brothers are feeling it's time to get on with the service. They changed the clock and the battery and they replaced it, so it's correct now if you happen to be here. We're going to be okay. Matthew, God bless the sound technicians for all that they do for the sound and for the sight of the people. Okay, Matthew 6, 6 sorry, Deuteronomy 16. Now, I, I'm, I'm just using this as a principle. This is God speaking, and, and He's speaking to Israel. He's talking about observing the feasts. But in verse 5, He says, You may not sacrifice the Passover within any of thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So, within your gates. Now, what are our gates? We have five gates to the flesh. We have five gates to the Spirit. That's not where we, we offer the sacrifice. We don't offer our love to God just through human emotion. That's a part of it. That's a channel. But it needs to go deeper than that. And, and, he, and he would say, and you, you know, you don't just have the message for your own gain and your own well-being. And People use the message. Let the message use us. Let God use us. Here's my vessel, Lord. Take these hands. And he would say, now, but at the place the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name, there shall you sacrifice the Passover at the evening, at the going of the sun, at the, at the season that thou camest forth from Egypt. Now, if you follow this passage of Scripture through, and I'm not going to read all of them, but the greatest sin that Israel had was idolatry. And idolatry was in Dan when they took their own sacrifice to their own place and they offered it for their own purposes. And God hated that and he blotted the name out. Now there will be people who will utter the name William Branham, who will preach the message, but because it's not done from a pure heart and a clean heart, their name will be taken off. Now that's the truth. Exodus 25. I'm going to have to just drop some things in without going into long dialogue on them. Exodus 25. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart you shall take my offering. Now, this is the beginning of establishing and allowing for God's word to be established. So he wants you to do it willingly. If you actually go to the Ten Commandments, and you t or the Ten Commandments that we're giving, they were given not as just rules, but he's saying that they may love the Lord your God. And that also, it would go against them that hate me. Now, it, it's going down to the heart. And, and, and now he says here, so let him bring all these offerings I won't read through all of this, all these different offerings. Verse 8, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Oh, friends, sometimes you just utter a wrong word. I've been guilty of it. You just sense you've grieved the Holy Spirit and that wolf nature comes in and you just utter wrong words. It's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. And you say, oh, this isn't right. What's the best thing to do? 
humble yourself, repent, and let the lamb take his abode again. Oh, I want that lamb in my life. I want him to be sweet. I want him to be kind. I want, and not only that, I want him to dwell in me in authority and in power and let him have his way with me. Okay, I, there's, there's many places we could read. I, I really need to make this distinction. This is a big part of where I wanted to go to. Okay, go with me to Matthew chapter 12. Like I said, I have many different thoughts, and, and I may come back to some of these, but today we're just going to take some things. Matthew chapter 12. Thank you for your pull that are here, those that are home. Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. Now, I want you to notice something here. Jesus is speaking. This is now God manifest in the flesh. I'm going to, before I read this, it's God manifest in the flesh. And Jesus said, except I had come, they would have known no sin. So the law without a penalty is not the law. And yet, God choosing to, before the law came, and I, Lord willing, I'm going to speak a service on it one time, a good God in the time of judgment. And, and I'll come to it. But, but the law, God not just willing to judge, He came and He gave them an opportunity. Now, now, now notice something that's here. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven against men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Now, whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, that's Jesus in the flesh, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever shall speak against the Holy Ghost, what are we talking about? He's here in the flesh. The sacrifice had not been given yet. The, the, the Spirit had not come back on the sacrifice yet. So here, whosoever speaks against me, it, it'll be forgiven you. But now, after Jesus died, ascended on high, and the Holy Ghost come down, and to call, now that the atonement had been made, to speak against that. Was, now, so the Word of God's always moving. Now, let me, let me finish the, what he says here. He says, it shall... But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now, if you go right back to Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says, Adam and Eve heard the voice of God walking. So the voice of God was walking in the garden. And in the garden it was walking, it was moving. And it was always moving, and God's word is always moving. Now, under the first covenant that they were there, and I'm just going to have to preach from my heart now because if I follow my notes, I'm not going to get done. Under the first part of the word when they were there, they were under a covenant and under a command. You shall not eat. You shall not do this. You shall not do this. But notice the transgression. Adam, he had the mind of God, the thoughts of God. Eve, who was a part of Adam, co-equal with him in all respects, but she came out as a byproduct. Now, it was the enemy that came to her maybe many times before she ever committed a natural act with the serpent. It was first committed in her mind. Maybe it was a possibility. 
Maybe she saw it for what it was. But instead of dismissing it, she entertained it. And yet something kept her. Adam was there. But time after time after time, the enemy came. And one day she pictured it. And right then she fell. Now I want you to think, this Eve will not fall. Why? She is sold out. She has received truth as a permanent deposit. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Does that mean I'm never tempted? Absolutely, I'm tempted. My son just gave me a, a cross for my car. I got a car, and, and he put the cross, and he says, Dad, you don't have a cross for that car. He says, yeah, thank you. I said, that means a lot. And Brother Branham says, the prophet, the man of God in this hour, walking the streets, looking at men and women, why did he put a cross there? So he have something to go back to. We need something to go back to. We need to be established in our works, in our thoughts, in our mind. We need to allow sanctification. Does that mean once you receive the Holy Ghost, you're not continuing to be sanctified? No, it's all in one. We're continuing to be sanctified, continuing to be justified. But there's something, there's a tie post that holds us. Now, so the Word of God was always moving. There was always a line. There was always a place that, that, that you could go to. Now, the line was hidden. It was invisible. You couldn't see it in the Garden of Eden. The line was not crossed the day that, that, that Eve had an affair with the serpent. The line was actually crossed before that. And, 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 and I, 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 this will be a, a, another service, but and it was just like Saul in the Garden of Eden, it was Saul, rather, at the time of Samuel the prophet, he had the kingdom, he was still operating as the king, but he crossed a line before he ever was taken out of the kingdom. He crossed a line when he offered his own sacrifice, when he was rebellious, and Samuel said, God has excluded you from being the king. He has discharged you. So in the mind of God, Saul was not the king anymore even though he operated in that realm for a while. So he had already crossed a line. Now we don't see these things for what they are, but I'm just going to bring it really current, really quick. There's all kinds of places in the Bible I could take you to. But America, a nation founded on, on, on principles of God, 1956, we didn't see it, I didn't see it, but it was America's last year as a nation but she crossed a line. And she, as a nation, she could no more. Now she carried on just fine. She's carrying on just fine. But it was in 19... Now, if I can just say this. America also is continuing on fine as long as they serve God's purpose. And one of God's purposes is to back up Israel. But you watch the day that America turns its back on Israel. And it's going to take a weak president to do it. And it's going to take a people that, are, that are, don't see what part Israel plays in the economy of God. They're going to cr cross a line one day. And in, in fact, it's coming up to it very rapidly. Listen, 
We have watched government try to become our moral authority. You watch, I, I, I read a couple of clips here on, on the weekend uh, in the United States. Two of the biggest democratic states are, are um, California and, and New York. And they have taken their liberties against churches. Liberties. In fact, one of the churches sued the government and the, and the government just lost to the tune of $1.2 billion. A judge ruled in their favor. God bless that judge. But I'll tell you what, they're going to cross a line one day. Yeah, we're shut down right now. We can't do things. But I, I say this, we can't follow what the government line is. I, I read in Oregon, which is also a very democratic state, they have now made it the law that when they reopen, this is the government making it a law, when they reopen, you will not be able to go into a church maskless unless you have a vaccine card. Hold on a second. Are, are, are we going to have to resort to having vaccine cards or resort? Or are, are we going to let faith act for us? I'm, I'm going I'm to be honest here. Friends, it comes down to where you stand with God. Somebody wants to get it, don't condemn them. If somebody doesn't want to get it, don't condemn them. Have you faith? Don't condemn your brother. We need to know ourselves where we stand. Oh, this is what we stand for. This is what we believe. What do you believe? I believe what the church believes. What does the church believe? Well, what we all believe. What do you all believe? Well, whatever the pastor preaches. What does he preach? Well, what the people believe. And what do you believe after all of that? If it's not a revelation, if it's not an anchor of your heart, you need to know where you stand with God. The token must be there. Listen, I, I'm going to be honest. Is it, am I against the vaccine? Some people have called it the mark of the beast. No, it's not the mark of the beast. But you need to have faith if you're going to take it. And you need to have faith that if something's wrong with it, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And you need to have faith and say, if, it, if God doesn't lead me to take it, so be it. And that's my little spiel for the moment. But I'm just saying, to have the government enforce us or to have God enforce us, You've got to know where you stand before you're forced. You've got to know where the line is. I say this as a church, we're, we're not just here to kowtow to everything. Yeah, we're doing our part. But I'll say this, if all we're reading is news to get the understanding of where the line is, we've missed it. We've got to have God in our heart. We've got to have Him living and dwelling within us. Otherwise, we're going to miss the line when it comes, I come upon you as a thief in the night. Listen, you, you watch in the Old Testament people that have crossed a line. The kings, Ahab was a wicked king. But it didn't just start with Ahab. There was something built up before that. There was a weakening. There was just not a fervent worship anymore. But Ahab, he came to a place, and the Bible says, he thought it not but a light thing to take Jezebel. In other words, his senses weren't tuned in anymore. He hadn't been in prayer. He hadn't been in the Word. He was just going through the motions. I'm saying, friends, we are going to need to be in tune with God, not just, uh, not just the leaders, but every one of us. 
I, I, I'm looking for you to prompt me. I'm looking for the officers to help us. I'm looking for the, you know, God to lead us in every aspect. Now, America crossed the line in 1956. We don't even recognize it. But they crossed the line. 1963, the word comes, it's opened. There was a line that was crossed there, spiritually and negatively as well. The churches didn't receive it, and they're on a downward path because the church is what was holding up America. And the bride who's received it, they're on an upward path. Where I place my name. 1963, seals are open. Christ, the mystery of God revealed. Brother Branham is looking. He's seen the angel. He's seen all the signs. He's seen everything. But he's preaching, and now he's looking at the congregation, and he says, coming to the end of the message, and he goes, did you catch the Spirit do that? It just lifted up another octave. He says, the third pull is here. Now, you can dwell in first and second pull, and you can say, well, that'll happen when Brother Branham comes back. He said it's here. I didn't say that. Don't get mad at me. He said that. The third pull is here. And then what does he say? The place I choose to dwell, I place my name, Deuteronomy. He says, I don't call you church. I call you bride. Because this message was for an ordained people in an ordained place and an ordained time. We are here. Now, Israel, their battle, my, 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 how is the time just slipping away? Crossing the line. There, there was a place here where, where Brother Branham would talk about it. And he talked about a woman that crossed the line. And he's in the prayer leading, and he says, Last night, a woman crossed the line. She came to a service. God had beckoned at her. He had come to her, but she crossed the line. And now he's in the next meeting, and he sees that woman. Oh, she crossed the line. How could she think those thoughts? Because she was given over to something. You, you can play around you can play around the line, but then you can cross it. There's a little bit of grace, there's a, but somewhere grace stops. I, I, I'm telling you, friends, honestly, we don't have a long leash. I say this, stay protected. Stay behind the Word of God. There's a line that's moving. Friends, I, I, I can say it this way, you may not see it, but... The world in the last year has crossed a line. There's a conditioning on the hearts of people. They are willing to take whatever it is to get them out of this. If it's the government, it's a bailout of Rome, if it's whatever it is. And I'll tell you what, their minds have been corrupted to the point where they're calling churches that gather as evil. I don't doubt that these churches that have been shut down, some of them that are around in Canada, different places, that these men don't have good hearts. But I've asked myself the same question. What if that comes to our door? Where is the line? Where is the place? There are quotes in the message. Brother M says, they will make these churches storehouses. Where is that line? Where is a people that knows the line? Where is a people that is with God? I say this. 
Because you can be given over to something. He'll give you desire of your heart. He'll, he'll do those things. But there, there's a place that we can go to if we're not careful. In Eden, it was told, don't cross this, but Eve crossed it in her mind. In the days of Noah, it was, it was a separation between the sons of God and the daughters of men. But the, da- the sons of God looked on the daughters of men. And they crossed a line. And, and what happened the minute they crossed that line? Then their lifespan got shortened. There's all kinds of places I can, I can go. Brother Bannon will talk about which way a tree leans. That's the way it'll, it'll, it'll go. That's the way it'll be. He says you, sometimes you, you can pray for people after they're gone. They're finished. They pass away from between mercy and judgment. The rich man and Lazarus, no one can cross over this gulf. None will cross. He says, the way the tree leans, that's the way it falls. I, listen, I, I, I may not be able to convince you, but I'll say that there's, there's warning bells in my heart. There's warning bells. Not, not just, and I'm just saying, not, not picking on anyone, any place, but I'm saying even for my own life, there's a fear of God. Lord, help me to stay in the channel, the place that I may know between good and evil, that I may understand that my, are, my attention is sharp and I understand where that line is because there's a conditioning. The world is crossing a line. I, I went and, and, I, and I looked at, at what Brother Branham would preach and, and he talked about it in in uh, uh, souls that are in prison now. And Brother Branham looked down through time, and God gave him that message. But he said, there's coming a time when the bride will be on earth and she will be sealed. And there'll be others that are outside. They'll be mixing together, but the line has been drawn. I don't know if you've ever sat in your room and you listened to some of these messages, choosing a bride. You listen to that message and you allow God. I'll tell you what, it's harder and harder to preach and have people that are really with you on these things, that take it as deeply as you do. And this is not a condemnation. I find myself get that way sometimes. And I say, oh God, don't give us over to the coldness of this world. Don't give us over to these things. It's serious. There are souls that are hanging in the balance and there's still mercy there. I want to do everything I can. I'll tell you, I've, I've come across some situations and my heart is grieved. And I say, oh God, one more time. I, I'm thankful for the grace of God more than ever. I, I, there's been times in the last months I've been in a battle like my head is turned. And, and you know, you're, you're, you're vulnerable, you're weak. Sometimes the most vulnerable time is after you've been ministering or, and, and somebody asks you and, you, and, you're, and you realize, oh, maybe I wasn't quite right, but you're vulnerable, you're weak, and and you're maybe, you're just about, like Brother Branham, he says the tempter came to him and he says, 
He's a good God, isn't he? Well, how come he did this and did this? And he said, and I was about to agree with him. He didn't say he was about. He just, all he was, he was ready to agree with the reasoning of the devil. Oh, and I've thought about times I would have about, and all of a sudden, somebody calls me. Somebody, and what was I thinking? I'll tell you what, and Brother Branham would talk about it in, in, uh, in the message how can I overcome? And he, and he would just say that, that it, it's, the, it's the age, he says, of the personal life. He said, it's, it's the powers of sin are so many harder. I don't know if I can put on your heart and your mind how, how just, just deceitful the enemy is. I... This may not come out the way I was, but Brother Branham would say, people can live a clean, holy life, not be sinful. They can live above all of the adultery, drinking, lying, gambling, and still not have it. This is the age of the personal life of Christ where the chemical of his body, what was in him. I don't know, I, I, I look at the world, I don't want to be given over to those things. And I'll, I'll just see it. People that once were righteous, once walked in this truth, and now I, I don't walk with them. Some are ministers, some are things. And I asked myself this question. Where was the line? Because it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen with Eve overnight. Now this is, this is not going the way I thought it would go, but it didn't happen overnight. And I thought... Did they not receive truth as a permanent deposit? Because I've come to a few places where I didn't have brethren to stand with me. I didn't have things. And I just said, though he slay me, I will trust him. I gave up my friends. I gave up my thoughts. I, listen, I can go back and say, I gave up my record collection. I gave up everything I strove for. I gave up everything. There's little strongholds. I, I have a, a minister friend in, in, in uh, Africa, and he told me of a need, and he says, you know, he says, there's this need, and their family's never been to this place. And, he, and he's saying, I, I just may have to sell my motorcycle. It's his only way of getting around. And he says, just to pay for these things and that. And I'm going, oh, I, my heart sank. Because I know the brother, and I know how, how his integrity is. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden, I saw a sale pop up on, on, on something that I was going to buy, and I'm willing to buy it, and I'm thinking, I don't need that. And I, I was reminded, these words just came to my mind. Nobody has a right to go and, 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 and wear two pair of shoes when there's a brother that doesn't have one. And it came to me, and I said, no, I'm going to deny that. I'm not going to take it. And you know what? It was a battle for the moment. This is strange. This is living in Laodicea. But I thought, no, that's my brother. I'll forego that. I'll send him that money to help him because I love him and the kingdom of God and the rewards of the kingdom are greater. I don't need that second pair. But these are the battles. Oh, Brother Ed, that's so simple. It isn't. But how entrenched God wants to move us and we're entrenched in our thinking, in our mind. Nah, I don't care what he says this morning. I'm not budging on this. God can't move on you. <laughs> I, 
I want to be a tree that's bendable and flexible and, and ready to move and do things. Where are we at? I've got to wind this down right now. Brother Branham would say, Christ the mystery. Why don't we have the musicians come? And while they're coming, that'll let you know. The clock does say 12. I told you I'd preach till 12, so we're here. The clock says 12. Christ the mystery, Brother Branham would say, Christ in you makes him the center of life of the revelation. Now, I, I don't want these just to be words. What is the new birth, Brother Branham? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. I was in the mountains and I was just so reminded of how God dealt with me in the beginning. I would just go up in the mountains. I didn't feel good enough to come to church. I would pray and I would fast and I would seek God. And I felt I had so many things in my heart that weren't right. I'd made so many mistakes. You can play something softly. And I'm up there. And I'm just, and I remember how God dealt with me and purged me and cleansed me and did things for me. And I think, oh, and I'm back there again. I'm thinking, oh, God, the perverter has come and twisted this thought, this mindset. I used to be closer in this area of my life, and I feel like I'm further. Oh, God, deal with me. Deal with me. In many ways, he has. But if you're a real believer, you can't get away from what he really wants. You want to be pleasing to him. Brother Branham would say, he was the principal theme of the prophets, the Psalms. He was in them. And if he was that, then he should be the principal theme now just listen to this, of our talking, of our thinking. Your thoughts, my thoughts, speak louder in heaven. I can sit in the church, I can sit in the service, and I can think, oh, I can't wait till this is over so I can go to my social media site or so I can go to YouTube or so I can do what I want to do. Is that him speaking to you this morning? He should be the principal theme of our life, our singing, our walking. He should be the Bible in us. All the message could be classified as one phrase, three words. She is him. Oh, I, I don't know how... I really feel I didn't bring this out the way I, I would have liked to this morning. But there's a God who is real. Our prime minister will have to meet that God one day. He might be in power right now. He might be able to put laws down. He might be able to do these things. But he'll have to meet him one day. People around the message, they'll have to meet him one day. I'll have to meet him. I'll have to give an account for this service. I don't want to wait till I get way over there and realize 
I missed a bunch of steps along the way. I, I think we've been given this period of time. Maybe we're away from church and the atmosphere, and we've been... Don't take it as an excuse to go somewhere else. Use it as an opportunity to get... Have time with God. Sometimes I just... Like the other night, I would just go for a walk. Put on some headphones. And I would just walk. And I'd listen to the message. And I'm out in nature. And it's so clear. There's no distraction. It's just me and Him. Let the Word be established. Where is it going to be established? In Jeffersonville? At Entime Message Tabernacle? Brother Harold's house, Brother Ed's house? Or where is it going to be established? Is it going to be established in your heart, in my heart? It's a simple thought, Brother Ed, you're mentioning it. But, but look at, the world is crossing a line. We ourselves, if I can characterize it, we're, we're in a little bit of a bubble. And, and you can get to the outside of the bubble and you can almost reach across. But I'll tell you what, I find the grace that you had years ago to go way outside and come back, that isn't there anymore. God is very swift. He's very quick to deal with me, to deal with us. The enemy is very swift to try to corrupt our minds. I, I want truth as a permanent deposit. I want something to keep me, something to hold me. Listen, I'm just sharing my heart with you a little bit this morning. I don't feel I did a very good job of ministering or preaching or laying out things. But I'm just being honest with you. I, I trust that the Spirit of God will bring it to your remembrance, lead you somewhere, make it real to you. Something keeps holding me. Something keeps holding me. Something keeps holding me Every day I see He's helping me faithfully To overcome my trials He's guiding me constantly Trials of this world. Why don't you stand wherever you are? You're at home. Why don't you stand? You're here. Listen to these words. The pull I felt was more than I could bear. I was on the verge of giving over. Strength within myself just wasn't there, but something keeps holding me every day. I see, help 
something keeps holding me. Satan laid before me his temptation of his desire to steal away my faith. But I found inside the revelation the strength I need to keep me in his grace. But something keeps holding of the world, but also a pull of God. Do you feel that pull this morning? I feel the pull. I feel the pull. I feel the pull. I hear the call. And God's says, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. We took a little demonstration here with the young people the other day. His brother Max was ministering on Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, he'd avoided God for a long time, and Jesus passed by that way. But there was a day that Jesus had to pass by again, and many were people were there. And Zacchaeus, he had to climb a tree because he was so short. But God had the tree there for a purpose. 
But when he climbed the tree, so just to take a step towards God, that's all it takes to get his attention. And when Zacchaeus climbed up the tree, we had a ladder right here. Brother Max was Zacchaeus of all people. I don't know how we picked him. But we had him as Zacchaeus. He climbed the ladder, and he was standing in front, over the crowd, which comprised of Brother Mark and, and uh, Brother Philip and, and Sister Ruth. And the, he couldn't see here, but when he climbed the tree, when God sees your heart this morning, when you take a step towards him, I, I, I can't tell you enough this morning. Your greatest battle is self-will. Your greatest victory is to lay it down. Your greatest power is when you're in the control of Christ. The world is coming under two powers. Which power do you want to be under this morning? Let's sing one more song. I feel like singing this. Sometimes to worship is a good time just to give yourself to pray we're not here to prolong things and just do what we want to do, but we're here that the Word of God could penetrate. Draw me nearer, draw me nearer. Brother Jake, I'm going to ask you to come and close after this. I am thine, O Lord. Let's just sing this little bit of this song this morning. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy
Lord, we just sang the song, Draw Us Nearer. And Lord, at this hour, Lord, may that just be a song of our hearts as we close this service, Lord, and we depart from each other. But Lord, may you never depart from us, Lord. May you just be with us. Go with us, Lord, as we many saints we can't see, we haven't seen for a while, Lord. But Lord, the Spirit is there and we can know they're praying for each other. May you just be with them, be with us, Lord. Give our brother back his strength, Lord, as Brother Ed has labored. The words he had, Lord, were true words of God, Lord, that we may walk that line or know where that line is, Lord. I pray that you'll just be with us. Give us the umption to walk where thou hast lead us, Lord, and not in your permissive will, but your divine will, Lord. May we look to you. Be with each one that are in need. I have a need of my self, Lord, that's unspoken need. And may you just come, Lord. May your divine will be done in that situation. I pray that you just go with us now, Lord, as we leave this building. But may you just go with us again, Lord, as I said before. Go with us. Be with us, Lord. And may we just pray for each other. All things glory unto thee. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you, Brother Jake. Oh, the pure delight. Third verse. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I
Sometimes when we minister this way, it's not to chastise anyone, but it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. I believe that this is for me. This is for all of us. And I believe that God is wanting it to be that way for us. I, you know, Paul said, not as though I've apprehended or count myself, but I press on. I, I seek that. I may know him in the power of his resurrection. I don't, I don't want this message to be a form. I want it to be what it was to Brother Branham. I want it to be what it was to the saints of all the ages. I want it to be everything that it should be. I, I trust that's your desire. I'm not content with that, to have less than that. I want to sing one more song. I, this is the one I was telling you about. And I know, this I know, this I surely know. I, I, I think we ought to make this a personal declaration. The God that made the mountains and the oceans and the stars and the heavens took a personal interest in us this morning. He took a personal interest in sending us this message. That God is the God that's with us. That's the God that I serve. I, I don't know if I can, we can find that. And this I know. No. Oh, yes, yes I, I know. Blood can 